With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Daily Digest here on Football Digest. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for joining us. Well, with the clock counting down to deadline day, Real Madrid making moves for Mbappe with Kylian keen to become the king of the Bernabeu. But what of their former star Cristiano Ronaldo? But with Juventus seemingly open to offers, PSG, well, will they look to pick a Premier League replacement? Here to get into the latest transfer talk and much more besides, we have Mirror Football's assistant editor, Alex Richards, and the Liverpool Echoes Everton reporter, Adam Jones. Alex, I mean, we've sort of done a few of these over the last few weeks and talking about transfers through the course of the summer. But Kylian Mbappe, it's been bubbling away and finally the bid's gone in and it's all kicking off. Yeah, it's taken a while, hasn't it? I mean, this has been going on for... I mean, since before the window mentions, it's, it's been about a year in the making that, that Real Madrid have made him their number one target. He's the guy they want. He's the guy Florentino Perez sees as the next galactic over the future of Real Madrid. Um, this summer has, has largely been a lot about planning for this kind of this kind of move. You know, they've let Sergio Ramos go, got a lot of wages off the books. Rafael Varane went to Man United for big money. They shifted out Martin Odegaard for decent money as well. Others have gone. The only player that's come in is David Alaba, who, yes, he's on a big contract, but he was a free transfer. Um, they've largely kept their powder dry for Kylian Mbappe in the future. Now, the expectation with Paris Saint-Germain not wanting to sell has been that it would be next summer. He would come as a free transfer, get paid a whacking great signing on fee, get paid whacking great wages, and and that would be that. Um, it was noticeable Nasser Al-Khalifi when Lionel Messi was signed saying, well, we've given Kylian everything he wants now. He's got no excuse to leave. We expect him to sign a new contract. Um, but seemingly that's just not the case. Mbappe has his heart set on Madrid. Madrid have their heart set on him. And, and now a bid's gone in. PSG have obviously rejected it. This is going to drag until the end of the window. And, and we sit here and we just wait because this is, got, this is a game changer. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the big, big transfer that that European football has been waiting for. You know, we've seen the Premier League side spend money, but we haven't seen anyone anywhere else do it, especially. We've seen PSG, but they're, a, they're an anomaly. You know, they're, they're signing free transfers. They're paying the big money they can afford to. That They're not hit by COVID, by TV deals in France, by anything like that. So this is the first giant European deal. And we, we, we will now wait and see, do Real Madrid pursue it that fervently that they get it over the line before the window is done? Or... Do we just sit in this waiting pattern where Kylian Mbappe spends the last season at Paris Saint-Germain and then next summer, as I mentioned, he gets that whopping big signing on fee, he gets huge wages and he moves to Real Madrid as a free agent? Yeah, let the fun and games begin, isn't it, Adam? We we sort of saw with the Premier League with Jack Grealish moving on, the ripple effect it had with certainly Aston Villa making a fair few moves and Southampton off the back of that too with their money they got for Danny Ings. But as Alex says, we've been waiting for something on the European level to kick off. And with seven days of the window left to play, it feels like we've got it. And with Real Madrid, there's always that ominous feeling, isn't there? That I suppose a couple of years ago, they brought in Eden Hazard. They didn't really do anything last year. And it kind of always felt as though they were primed and, and readying themselves for this kind of move. 
Well, that's it. Like there always seems to be this certain sense of inevitability around Real Madrid and making these sort of massive money transfers. You know, we've obviously talked about Kylian Mbappe for a long time now. It just feels like he's been part of the rumor mill for years and years. You know, obviously since he was leaving Monaco and first moving to PSG, it seems like we maybe had one summer when he finally moved to PSG, where it was like, oh, okay, there's no no more rumors about Kylian Mbappe. But then a couple of months later. Instantly, the rumours were starting up again. And, you know, you mentioned Eden Hazard there. You know, Real Madrid seem to have these kinds of players that they do just get linked with for years and years. Hazard was one of them. Maybe hasn't worked out the way they've liked, but Kylian Mbappe is is another one now. And, you know, there were, while I personally thought there was always, you know, a few questions over Eden Hazard and his ability to make it at Real Madrid, I don't think there's any doubt about Kylian Mbappe's uh, ability to become an absolute megastar at Real Madrid. and. You know, I think the player himself is probably seeing that right now, isn't he? PSG have obviously got, you know, the millions and millions behind them. But, you know, are they ever going to be on that, you know, super club level that, that Real Madrid are? Maybe not over the next few years, for example. And you know, that's probably what Kylian Mbappe is looking at uh, himself. So yeah, I don't think it's any surprise to see uh, this this rumour coming up. But with, with it being so close to the end of the window, as you've said, the, the ripple effect that will come from it, PSG are going to probably want to sign a replacement. You know, whoever whoever they get their replacement from, they're going to want to sign a replacement. You know, it's it's such a domino effect. And with so little time uh, now before the end of the transfer window, it's going to be really interesting to see whether they can get this one over the line and, you know, who it's really going to, going to affect in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that is the real interesting point as well, isn't it, Alex, of that kind of ripple effect. But also even before... Of course, there are a few reports saying PSG have knocked the bid back. Others sort of saying that, no, they are still considering it. We'll have to wait and see how it does go. You feel as though even if it were to be knocked back, Real Madrid would probably come back and now they've played their hand, they're going to make sure they kind of get this deal done. But are you surprised or do you expect that we could see a Premier League side maybe look to rival it? He's been linked with the likes of Liverpool in the past, Manchester City, we know on the lookout for a forward player. Could there be... Premier League interest, do you think, late, late on in this one? Or do you think it's it's dead set, it will be Madrid or, or nowhere until next summer? I think it's I think it's almost dead set that it's going to be Real Madrid. I think if you're looking at Premier League teams making a move for him now, the only one that could that could go out and do it is Manchester City. Um, but then that opens up a whole a whole new can of worms, doesn't it? Because he's a player that kind of, he doesn't want to play as a central striker, which is clearly what they're prioritising, what they're after. He, he likes to play from the flank and, and dive in where they've got plenty of players. Um, there's also the wages issue, but, you know, he, if he goes to Real Madrid, he's going to be earning X amount after tax, huge contract. Um, and seemingly that's where he has his heart set. That's the move he wants. He knows, as Adam says, this is, this is the mega club. This is the club that has dominated European football, the biggest club in European football for nine on 70 odd years now. Um, so this is where he sees the next step of his legacy. Um, the Premier League obviously is going to be an interest to a lot of sides that could possibly tempt him next summer. But you're always battling against Real Madrid and, and that's the side for him and for them. I see it's interesting that they've made this move now. We're here, we're, the window is fast closing. Can they get a deal done? Well, almost do they want to get a deal done? Or is this just posturing to Kylian Mbappe and say, look how much we want you. We're willing to do this now. So so late in the window, we, we're willing to pay such huge fees. But actually, your club don't want to sell you. So you, you're kind of stuck there for another year. And we'll just pocket all this money 
and then next summer you'll come as a free agent and, and some of it will go to you and some of it will be used on a little bit more of a signing on fee and some of it will be used for your wages. But then we'll use it to strengthen the team in other areas. Um, you know, Florentino Perez, the, the rumour doing the rounds is not only Mbappe, he'd quite like to pay him with Erling Haaland next summer, who we know has a release clause coming up. And, and, and I mean, just imagine that. That's kind of frightening for the rest of Europe, those two together. And, and of course, they would still have Mr. Hazard, Mr. Karim Benzema, the, the young lads, Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr. And maybe even Gareth Bale still being there. Strange. Yeah. Strange that would yeah. be. Yeah, it's a frightening prospect as well. And Adam, there's all this talk around sort of, I suppose, this next generation of world stars that we're expecting to kind of take on the mantle left from Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi and Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe, that it's all about winning the Champions League, that this is what they're fixated on. Well, surely the argument is why leave PSG with one year left on your contract when they're assembling a star-studded side, whereas Real Madrid, if they have to spend this £160 on you now, I'm going to have any money left to strengthen other areas of the side. Two centre-halves who won four Champions Leagues together have departed. It, it feels as though would Mbappe's interests not be best served by just waiting it out a year. I think that's a really good point, to be honest. And I, and I think you're, you're probably right. I think when PSG signed Lionel Messi, I was saying to my mates, well, if, if PSG don't win the Champions League this year, then honestly, honestly when are they... When are they ever going to do it? You know, with the attack and talent that they possess at the minute, Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Di Maria, and even, you know, they've just got an absolute embarrassment of talent up front, essentially. So, you know, and, you know, as they said, you know, adding, adding the likes of Ashraf Hakimi to the defence, Sergio Ramos to the defence as well. They, they really do seem to have strengthened all over the pitch. Genie Wijnaldum, I think, is a really good signing for them in midfield as well. So, you know, they, they they really are looking like a strong prospect this season. So, you know, perhaps that is playing in Mbappe's mind, a, you know, a little bit that he, you know, this this season as a one-off, you know, if he's if he's going to win the Champions League, he can go, <laughs> go and win the Champions League. And then that could be his swan song almost. He could just go, right, see you later. And I'm going to join this sort of revolution at Real Madrid where, you know, he could potentially line up with Erling Haaland, which would be, that would be quite incredible, isn't it? Because, you know, we've, I think over the last couple of years, like the, the discourse in the football world has been, oh, Holland versus Mbappe is going to be the next sort of Messi v Ronaldo. You know, imagine them teaming up at this point in this, in, in the career. It'd just be an absolutely frightening prospect. And, you know, it's something that I could probably see happening as well because Holland's move to Dortmund always struck me as a, a sort of stepping stone sort of move, didn't it? That's why they've got, the release clause in there next summer. So he's going to move on to one of those massive clubs. I think, you know, if Man City don't sign Harry Kane, then they should certainly be looking at that next summer. But, you know, Real Madrid, again, are just that absolute mega club, aren't they? You know, they've got the stature over them for the, for the last however many decades of winning so many Champions League, winning so many league titles. They, they are just a different prospect. So, yeah, look, maybe Mbappe is, is looking at it and he's looking just towards the immediate future and he's thinking to himself, this one Champions League is in my grasp this season with PSG. But, you know, if he does want to make the early move to Real Madrid, then, you know, how many Champions Leagues could he potentially win if Real Madrid do pull off this sort of revolution? So it's an interesting decision that he, you know, could potentially have to make. 
over the last week of this transfer window. But, you know, as we've already said, it really depends on whether the clubs meet in valuation and etc. There's so much to consider. So it might not even get to that for them back, to be honest. Yeah, it is one of those as well. Sorry to to butt in, Guy. I think the one thing thing with Mbappe is that, as we saw with Al-Khalif in that messy press conference, if he's there for another nine nine months or so, they're going to put pressure on him to, to, to try and get him to stay, to, you know, he might get dumped out of the team on occasions. There's going to be all sorts of kind of shenanigans to, to try and force his hand from PSG if he remains. And, and also, as far as on-field things go, if they do win the Champions League, if they do absolutely dominate, it's always going to be remembered as the triumph of Lionel Messi, his first season, his his next Champions League. And, and failing that, probably Neymar finally finally delivering what he promised four years ago. Mbappe is almost going to be the, the, the third in line when we talk about this Champions League. At Real Madrid, he's, he's going to stand out immediately. He's going to be the main man. So I think that's kind of in his thinking that if he can get it done now, that's why he would want to. Yeah, no, and it, it's no matter what PSG want to become and want to be, they never will be Real Madrid either, will they? You were sort of referencing earlier, Alex, how they've dominated European football for decades now. And on the, the point you made, Adam, Erling Haaland and, and Mbappe, you can kind of see it, Mbappe playing that Sancho-like role that the two of those, that partnership they formed at, at Dortmund, it would be a terrifying prospect. With Mbappe potentially leaving then, that would leave yet another hole at PSG because they seemingly have no regard for FFT. So, I mean, there would be a hole to fill. And Adam, thankfully, we've got you here with us to talk about a certain Moise Keane in particular who was on loan at the Parc de France last year, as well as the, the Everton number seven, who today is also being tentatively linked with a move. Yeah, yeah. I think there's two wildly different situations in terms of Everton's outlook on those two players. I mean, Moise Keane, you can you can imagine what was going through his mind when PSG finally did sign Lionel Messi after a summer of speculation. You know, he made no secret that he wanted to return to PSG. He put like an Instagram post after his low move ended saying, hope to see you soon uh, to the PSG fans. So I think he made himself quite clear that he wanted to leave Everton on a permanent basis this summer. Uh, I think initially. he must have got a text at Huddersfield last night as well that the bid has gone in, got himself straight set up and thought, yeah, I'm straight <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best night for him at Huddersfield. You know, at the start of the summer, you can expect that he was uh, envisioning potentially lining up for Paris Saint Germain again. You know, looking forward to a season in the Champions League. He probably wasn't envisioning uh, coming up against you know, Championship Huddersfield in a much changed Everton side in the second round of the Carabao Cup. So it wasn't wasn't exactly the best night for him. And you know, as you say, when he got sent off, he wasn't exactly appealing with the referee to stay on the pitch. He was, it was very much a straight down the tunnel situation. Now, at the, at the start of the summer, PSG uh, were making sort of moves that they wanted another loan move for uh, Moise Keane. But that just doesn't that just doesn't work for Everton, to be honest. Everton needed to, to get him out on a permanent deal. And they made no secret of the fact that, you know, uh, a loan move just doesn't work out for Everton, and you know it, it sort of delayed and delayed until Lionel Messi became available, and that 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 almost seemed to to rule out Moise Keane's potential move to the Parc de France. But if if Mbappe is to go and they they to look over Everton's way again, I think Everton would certainly be pushing the fact that you know Moise Keane's there. You, you've had him before. 
you can have, you can have him for a permanent now. Please don't look at please don't look at the Brazilian man that we've that we've got up front because. Uh, I think Richarlison is just too big a player for Everton to lose at this stage of the window. I think there's there's sort of an understanding among the fan base that Richarlison's not going to be at Everton forever, especially with the way that Everton have gone over the last couple of seasons. You know, there's you know it's been two steps forward, two steps back over the last couple of seasons for Everton, and you know, Richarlison is just one of those mercurial talents where he is going to be uh, a fantastic star of the future. So it's 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 been I would say it's probably been a struggle for Everton to to keep him this summer. Uh, it doesn't make sense for Everton to let him go in the in the last stages of this window. To be honest, even if they were to get their valuation of him, I'm I'm not completely sure what their valuation of him would be. They paid an initial thirty five million for him, potentially rising to fifty million a few years ago. So in my head, he's probably doubled that valuation, if not more. Over his time at Everton, he's been an absolutely fantastic player. He's been a talisman for them over the last few years. And losing that kind of player in the last stages of the transfer window, you know, even when you've got a lot of money behind you, you know, are you going to be able to secure, you know, the the type of player who's going to not only replace his goals and assists, but you know, be that kind of star for the future at the same time, and who's going to have that sell-on value potentially in the future as well. It, it, it really doesn't make any sense for Everton to be letting Richarlison go. If Moise Keane were to, were to get a permanent offer in the last few stages of the window, then I think Everton would accept that by all means and they'd be able to look elsewhere uh, for a potential replacement. Uh, Sheffield United's Jebison is somebody that they have looked at over the last couple of days, so perhaps we'd see uh, an increased move on, on that sort of front. But I, I think, honestly, Richarlison's a non-starter. Uh, even if PSG come with the big bucks uh, before the end of the window, I think I, j- I just can't see that one happening personally. Yeah, it's a difficult one for Everton, the position they're in as well, Alex. Uh, Angelotti walking out on them during the course of pre-season to go back to, to Real Madrid. Farhad Mashiri is desperate to get Everton into the to the top four, into sort of European football on a regular basis before their stadium move to the Bramley Moor dock does come around. Obviously, what was it, four years ago, Romelu Lukaku moved on to Manchester United, but since then it's been about trying to build and push Everton on. This year, kind of restricted somewhat due to FFP, really, in terms of unlocking that transfer war chest. But this would be a, a huge blow if it, if it were to happen that Richarlison went to Paris. Yeah, certainly. And I think the, one of the things here is that he, he's good friends with Neymar. Um, you see them on international duty, they get on really well. And and they have a really good understanding on field, which is something that I think when you're playing with someone like Neymar, is absolutely crucial because he can do all the brilliant things. He can, do, he can do everything with a ball imaginable. But if you don't work around him or work off him, it's going to break down. Richarlison adapts to him. Um, and that's why he's a, he's a regular for Brazil. That's why he plays... Uh, nominally as a centre-forward for them because he does he does the kind of things that really unleash Neymar more. He makes the runs. He does the defensive dirty work. Um, and we saw, you know, in the Copa America, in the Olympics, his reputation is growing on a world scale. As Adam says, Everton would be absolutely loath to lose him because he is so important. And, and this season going forward, him and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are really going to be absolutely vital to any hopes Rafa Benitez has of taking Everton up the table. Um but at the same time, if PSG coming off a 90 million odd, that's going to be tempting for Everton to say, you know what, that's a lot of money for a player who perhaps in the Premier League 
we see the best of in fits and starts, but we don't see consistency week on week on week. Um, so it, it's a really interesting question over whether PSG turn their attention to Richarlison should Kylian Mbappe depart. And, and I think we can tell by Adam's tone when we're talking about Moise Keane, Everton would love him out the door. If they get a decent offer for him, they will happily send him away. Um, but of course, this is PSG. And, and as we know, they're going to have so many options and there are going to be so many agents tapping on Leonardo's door and, and calling his phone and, and WhatsApping him and saying, you know what, I, you've got a space, I might have a player for you. This could be something that comes completely out of left field or as, as we're alluding to here, it could be somebody that is smack plumb in the centre. But as Adam says, Richarlison in a huge money move now does seem difficult. Yeah, it seems difficult maybe, Adam, unless PSG were able to offload a fair few players. I know there's a, a certain midfield player who left Goodison Park to go to Paris who may well be able to to, to, to do a job and, and come back in. We'd have to wait and see. I mean, it, it is the, the realms of, of fantasy, but as you said before, there's so many attacking talents as well. You forget about a player like Maro Icardi as well who is there and whether or not Everton could think about something like that. One, one other player I wanted to ask you about, Adam, actually, is James Rodriguez. He wasn't involved for Everton against Huddersfield, sort of being taken as read that he will be finding a new club by the end of the window. Otherwise, he's he's not going to be featuring much. Yeah, it's a really interesting situation with James Rodriguez, isn't it? He's been in this period of isolation over the last few days after coming into contact with somebody with COVID-19. He's not actually had it himself, but he's been in a period of isolation. It's not really been clear about whether he whether he's returned to training yet or not. Uh, we, we, we're not sure when the when the 10-day period was going to end. I think at some point this week, he should return to training. And, you know, I'd be, well, if he if he's still at the club by Saturday, uh, I would expect him to be involved against Brighton on Saturday. But we'll have to wait and see for Rafa Benitez's press conference later in the week to see if he's going to be fit enough after his period of isolation to be included in the squad or not. But, you know, over that sort of 10 days, he's, he's rubbed a few Everton fans up the wrong way with uh, his comments on Twitch, particularly. He's been... You know, streaming a lot on Twitch. You know, he didn't he didn't know that Everton were playing Leeds at the weekend, and you know, he's kind of he's kind of made no secret of the fact that you know he's he's angling for a move almost. He, he's he's been very cryptic over, it and I think he's been very careful over what he's been saying. But it's it's been a really interesting situation because you know a lot of Everton fans are just thinking to themselves, well, why would why would Rafa Benitez make himself so clear that? James Rodriguez isn't in his plans because he's you know, last season. Granted, he had his injury problems last season, but he was still a really, really quality player for Everton last season. I think, in terms of actual natural talent, I don't think Everton have signed somebody as good as him in years and years. Probably, probably since I've been following the club. To be honest, they've not they've not signed somebody with his raw, just natural ability. So to to quite readily just say, well you're probably not going to be on our plans this season. Uh, was a, a little bit of a risk as well, because obviously he's a player who's on significant amount of money. Uh, he, he needs a club to come in for him, essentially, and he needs somebody to take those wages off Everton's hands. And with the injury problems that he still had last season, I think he maybe played 20-odd games last season. Are, are there clubs across Europe who are going to take that risk themselves and think to themselves, are we going to play, pay this significant amount of money for a player that you know, week by week by week on a consistent basis, we might not be able to to call upon. We might not be able to call, especially for like cup games, for example, or 
We might not be able to call on him twice a week to play in these games. We might have to pick and choose when we're going to use him. And, you know, with with the COVID situation that we're in, with a lot of clubs uh, struggling financially uh, over, across Europe, are Everton going to be able to find somebody uh, that fits James Rodriguez in that sense? And I th- it, it's, it's kind of left James Rodriguez in a little bit of limbo. And I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be personally shocked to still see Amis Rodriguez as an Everton player on the 1st of September. And that's when it will turn into a really interesting situation with Rafa Benitez and Everton. How how often do they use so, uh, somebody who's quite clearly such a such a natural talent? He's on so much wages, but somebody who you know, was angling for a move in the summer and the club were quite willing to listen to offers to. I think that's, that's where it's going to be really interesting because... At the minute, it, it it doesn't seem like there's any obvious clubs who are going to be able to come in and pay James Rodriguez's wages and pay any sort of fee that Everton are gonna are gonna want for the Colombian. So it's it's a really interesting situation, and it's it's going to be very very intriguing to see what happens over over the course of this next week. Yeah, it feels very Meza Özil like, and I think added to to what you said, it'd be interesting to even see if he's registered in the the Premier League squad come the end of the the transfer window. Have to wait and see how that one does play out. But anyway, Alex Hamas Rodriguez, he's played in France, he's played in Portugal, he's played in Spain, he's played in Germany, even in England. One place I don't think he's rocked up is Italy, and they might have a big name moving on at Juventus and freeing up some wages. Absolute pure speculation on my behalf, but it links us into Cristiano Ronaldo, who it seems, albeit into the last year of his contract, Juve trying to push him out the door, really, and hoping Manchester City, of all clubs, are going to take him on. Yeah, I mean, he's taken us 25 minutes, isn't it? He's going to be a few minutes taking us. With <laughs> <laughs> um, Cristiano Ronaldo, what can we say? You know, he's into the final year of his contract at Juventus. It, he costs them a lot of money, um, which I think they seemingly may have decided he, they can no longer really afford. Um, it's almost a million a week they spend on him in terms of wages and, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, he, he was left on the bench on the opening game against Udinese and he came on and Max Allegri spoke afterwards he's, he's been quite clear Max Allegri there's no issues here I, I want him to stay that kind of thing but it, it's quite frankly above his head it's a decision for Juventus board it's a decision for Cristiano himself and, and what he wants to do and and all the noises coming out of it that Juventus are kind of looking for him to move and, and he's got George Mendes trying to engineer where he would like to go um, he released a statement on Instagram and on Twitter last week, which which said a lot of things about people being quiet and not speculating about him. Um, but it didn't actually say, I'm staying put. The, the one thing that you probably were looking for it to say, it say it didn't say. And and so that's why this continues. And, and the thing of him engineering a move is, well, where can he go? As Adam says, with James Rodriguez there and it being a struggle to try and find a buyer because of wages and whatnot. Who, who wants to spend huge money on Cristiano Ronaldo a week at the age of 37 on, on, a, on a deal that's only ever going to be short term and, and where he's looking for a club that isn't in the middle of a rebuild but is very much in win-now mode? He, he knows that this summer Lionel Messi has gone to PSG to win the Champions League. Cristiano Ronaldo needs to go to a club to win the Champions League. He needs to compete for that particular trophy if he does anything because... What else is before him? That's the rivalry. They're the two greatest players of the generation. And whatever they say about, well, we like one another, we respect one another, that's the rivalry that has driven them both on for years. 
And so he needs to be doing this sort of thing, going to a club that he's going to challenge for another league title, going for a club that's going to challenge for a Champions League, further cementing his legacy. Manchester City have been mentioned. And, and, and I mean, you, you look at it in, oh, well, why would he ever go to Manchester City? He's a Manchester United former player, that kind of thing. But in my mind, it's actually a perfect fit for Man City <laughs> because they've been trying all summer for Harry Kane. That deal is proving just far too difficult to get through. But there's still apparently, he's still the number one target. They're still keen to get him before the transfer window closes. But you're dealing with Daniel Levy, so you're going to pay over the odds if you want that. If you really want it, you're going to pay over the odds now. There's no two ways about it. Cristiano Ronaldo on a free transfer, yes, you're going to pay him huge money, but Manchester City aren't short of a bob or two. You get a proven goal scorer who will score you all types of goals and is exactly the kind of player Man City need on the end of moves with his penalty box prowess. Um, he's the sort of player that if they were in a Champions League final last season, would have probably scored from a goal. They were in a Champions League final last season. They didn't score. And in truth, they didn't really look like scoring for large parts of that game. He changes that. He gives you a completely different dynamic. He gives you an absolute ruthless goal scorer. Pep Guardiola has never worked with him. Might be something that Pep wants. Like something he's actually saying, you know what? I could do a year with that. I could do a year with him playing up top and, and scoring me 20 Premier League goals and getting us moving forward in Champions League again. So I think it's not that outlandish to suggest that Man City and Cristiano Ronaldo as kind of a, a marriage of convenience for a year would be something that is perfect for both parties and something that we, we as, as fans can all enjoy. Um, now, do Man City want that? We don't know. They're, they're not really saying that the news was that they were offered him earlier in the window, but they've been so focused on Harry Kane that they didn't really entertain the idea. Do they entertain it next week when we're on deadline day or a day before deadline day or, or in the coming days? We wait and see. And for me, I'm all for it. I think I think just for the stories it brings, for the narrative it weaves, even, even oh, he'd never go there as a former Man United player. Well, he has gone there. So what sort of, what sort of ovation would he get at Old Trafford this season? That kind of thing. I think there's so many different moving parts to it. I'd love to see it personally. I think just for the pure storytelling narrative of everything, it would be great. So we wait and see on that one. And, I, and to be honest, if, if Juventus are that desperate for money and need to get him off the books, then he's got the right man in his corner in George Mendes to find him a club. Yeah, that one not going away either. And it feels with City that stumbling blocks for them aren't wages. It's more paying transfer fees. So definitely one to keep an eye on. Well, anyway, that's it from us here on this edition of the Daily Digest. Do make sure to check us out wherever it is you get your audio on demand, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or any of the other podcast platforms. Just hit subscribe and you won't miss an episode. But from myself, Guy Clark, Alex Richardson, Adam Jones, thanks for joining us. That's all we've got time for here on this edition of The Daily Digest. Mm-hmm.